What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Joey, we've talked about the hierarchy of wealth several times on this podcast, but it's been a while, I think, since we have brought it up. And today's episode with a community member, Adam Egloff, made me think how invaluable it is to understand where you should start investing. Yeah. So uh, what was it about it that jumped off at you? Well, I was listening to a story and he started talking about how they made decisions to invest in themselves. and through that, the only way he got in position to do that is he started thinking. Mm. Yeah, I, I love the story that Adam took one small step and it led to another step and it led to another step. And now he's seeing almost like we talk about like infinite banking has a compound interest component, right? I feel like he's got a compounding effect to his knowledge and to just all the streams of income he's created. Well, if you're sitting there, you're like, well, man, passive income is a really interesting idea for some people, but I've got a full-time job. I've got a young family. I've got things pulling at me. I don't have time. Well, here's one of the takeaways I had from this interview, Joey. Wake up earlier. Mm. Turn the TV off. Take the time that you do have and invest it. In just two hours a day, him waking up, at 4.30 instead of 6.30 and investing that for three years straight led him to the position where he was able to break up with his boss. He was <laughs> able that. to leave his full-time job. Now he lives a laptop lifestyle. If you are sitting there thinking, that sounds amazing, like I've been wanting to break up with that guy or that girl for a long time, you need to pay attention to today's interview with Adam Egloff. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome in today. We have uh, Adam Egloff with us. Adam, so glad to have you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Adam, we, we met, a, I guess, a little over a year ago at a Lane Geek boot camp, didn't we? Yeah, San Antonio. Yeah, that's pretty, it seems like eternity ago. And at that time, I think you guys had really started hitting strides inside your land flipping business, which I want to like share those stories. But for those who have never had a chance to meet you, have not connected with you inside the community, Adam and his wife live out in Colorado and have kind of a really interesting story, which just is fun to share just another community member story, somebody who is 
following the steps to financial freedom that you're trying to follow. So thank you, Adam, for, for being willing to share. Let's, let's take uh, the audience back a little bit. I want them to kind of understand kind of what led you guys into this path. So I know you guys are, are out in Colorado. The, the housing market was a little crazy back in 2010. You guys were working some different jobs. Take us from that point forward to some of the steps that you started to take to get back a little more access to your time. Yeah, so um, back in 2010-ish, I was working as a beer delivery driver, and I'm not a huge fan of manual labor. I just never have been, but uh, it paid the bills. So I just had a lot of time to think, and I was like, how can I not work the rest of my life? And I just kept dwelling on that and thinking of how I can do this. So um, becoming a business owner was, uh, you know, my first choice. So uh, in 2010, I had the luck of buying my first house in the Denver housing market at the very bottom. Mm. Uh, Fast forward three years, I still want to open a business. And at this time, we're sick of Denver. We want to move to the other side of the state where my buddy lives. And I'm like, hey, are there any jobs out there? And he's like, no, there's not. So I was like, oh, great. Okay, cool. What can we do so we can uh, live out there? He's like, well, we could, we could open a business of sorts. And I was like, well, that's what we've always wanted to do. So uh, I talked to my wife, and she was managing a tanning salon that was next to a Jimmy John's. And she was like, why don't we open a Jimmy John's? And we all got together, the three of us, and said, that it makes perfect sense. That's a great brand. We love the brand. We went out, flew out there, met the guys. Uh, it just It was a great fit. And the town could use it. So what we ended up doing was selling the house for a decent profit, enough to fund the business um, and get us started. So we opened uh, the Jimmy John's three and a half years ago um, out in Montrose, Colorado. So that was it's five hours away. So what was the really um, impetus, though, for you guys wanting to leave Denver? Like what was that? motivation you, you mentioned you had a buddy that lived out uh, out of town and you guys were looking to get away what what was that motivation to be away from Denver because I, I would think of most people think man the Mile House City that's a really fun place to be what what was the motivation for you guys well uh, I remember a turning point where it was a Sunday and we were driving down my parents lived downtown and we were just outside uh, by the airport and we were driving downtown to go see my parents and normally uh, 12-minute drive on the highway. Well, it was a Sunday morning, and there was traffic bumper to bumper. And I was just like, what is going on with this town? <laughs> so we just we couldn't do the traffic anymore. And every three-day weekend we got, we'd come out to Montrose and visit my friend who moved out here. So we just fell in love with it. It's a slower pace of life. It, it's just everything that Denver isn't, right? basically. I don't It just... It's a better place to raise a family, I would say, for sure. Well, so, so talk about the transition from being an employee to becoming a business owner. Like, what were some of the challenges that you faced uh, in that transition? And then talk, and we'll get to like, what does your time look like now as opposed to then? Um, so it's, it's been an interesting journey because I didn't just up and quit my job and become a business owner. Um, up until two and a half Three weeks ago, I still had a full-time job. So, Uh yeah, um, my business partner, Ryan, and I, we were going to have my wife um, manage the store. 
and we were going to keep outside income. So we weren't drawing on the money coming in. So with every dime that came in, we paid off our business loan and we paid that off of September last year, three years to the day we opened, we paid off a $480,000 loan. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So you guys were working your day jobs. Your wife was working in the business, uh, managing the place, and then just taking all extra income to pay off the debt. Yep, exactly. And I'd go in before my job and after my job, and so would my our partner. So we we were there, you know, putting in extra hours where we could to help her out. And yeah, we just thought that was the right path instead of having that debt hang over us for you know twenty years or whatever it was. We just want to get rid of it. Well, and I'm I'm curious because we met in January, February of 2020. Mm-hmm. And clearly you had already started this business, had saw the right on the wall as an opportunity for you guys to, to not only live in a, a more desirable area for you because of lifestyle, but also as a potential to get more of your time back. Why did you guys consider land flipping? Where did that come from? <laughs> So uh, when I'm in the store in the morning at 4.30, putting the order away, I got a, got a lot more time to think still, <laughs> always thinking apparently. Um, but now I've gotten into podcasts. So I started listening to Bigger Pockets podcasts and I'm like, what am I going to do once I start making more money? Where can I invest that to keep my dollars working hard for me? Because I don't want them to sit in my bank. So I started listening to real estate stuff and um, I thought it'd be a great idea to buy a rental home and the lovely town of Bessemer, Alabama. I'm sure you guys are familiar. Yeah, not too far from here. Yeah, I can knock yeah. on the door if you want me to. Yeah, yeah. bring everybody with you. Uh, <laughs> but so with that, um, I figured I could do two houses a year and then in 10 years, I'd be set. But, you know, that's not, that wasn't fast enough for me. Um, so I heard about this land flipping business and um, at the time, the training cost about $7,000. And with this rental house, I did the Burr method where you buy, um, you rehab, uh, refinance, rent, and repeat. Um, so I paid $32,000 all in. I refinanced the house for $50,000. So I actually made money just buying this house somehow. Um, yeah. So after all the fees and all that, it came out to about exactly the amount I needed to get into the land flipping course. So I took that as a sign, jumped into the flight school for the land flipping. And, um, I started that this, um, September of 2019, I believe. So yeah, I was about three, four months into it when I met you guys at the boot camp. All right. So I want to go back to something you said there, because I think this sometimes, people miss this thing. You started to see that you guys were going to be making more money in the franchise that you guys had started. And yeah. and that's always that moment where people start to think of opportunities. People all, all the time will ask us Russ, or say to us, well, we don't know where to invest money. We don't have the opportunities that you guys have opportunities too. And one of my, my points to that and my responses is always because you don't have access to money, right? Either you don't make enough, you spend too much, or you don't have money in a place that you could access it if you had it, right? So I, I think your brain was thinking, the money's coming, what am I going to do with it? 
I, I, I mean, it's interesting though. You looked at the traditional real estate, and and that kind of went really quickly, Joey. I don't know if you heard that. You know, Joey doesn't listen to everything, so I, I always have to remind him Adam about different things that are. I'm said. sorry, Russ. Were you talking? <laughs> I closed his eyes there for a minute. <laughs> but did you hear Adam say about the long term rental? It was going to take too long. Yeah, it was a slow road, and you saw land flipping as the way to get there faster. Correct. Is yes. that right? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that? That's exactly it. So I, I think that there's a takeaway there as well, is that you kind of had this expectation or this vision of what you wanted your life to look like and how quickly you wanted that to occur. And so you started making decisions in light of that, which sounds a lot to me, Russ, maybe you can concur, that he had a framework he was working from and that made the decision to go into land flipping that much easier. Yeah, he had a lot more clarity based upon having time to think. And I love the fact that you were thinking because that's unfortunately too few people take time to think of what's going to happen. So talk us through the land flipping. You, you started that. You said at, it sounds like at the end of 2019, you guys started doing that. How's that been over the last you know 12 to 16 months? How have you seen that business um, you know, operate and, and work for you guys? Um, yeah, so I'm in my office here. I got my board. So I had my first sale on t- December 19th, 2019. Um, currently, I am at 72 total sales. Um, that includes five wholesale deals. Uh, but so my passive monthly income is at $4,979. I am one sale away from 5000 so yeah. looking forward to that, hopefully uh, today. But yeah, well, so that is amazing. So how yeah. was that progression? How long did it take you to like start to really see that momentum? Has it been just pretty linear or have you seen a lot more sales in the last several months as you know, as you learn the systems better? Um, it's definitely been, um, I'd say June is kind of when it started to kick off. So yeah. mixture of a couple of different things happened. Um, my buyers list got up to about 800 people and that's when I saw my deal of the week really start to I do like one a month as opposed to nothing. And now, I mean, I've sold my last four deals of the week because so I'm just under 2000 people on my buyers list. So they're responding really well. So that definitely helped just having more properties because I, I was more comfortable with the area, sent more mail, having more properties definitely helped more people want to buy them, obviously. So just the inventory and the amount of eyeballs on the property was really just kind of what helped take it off. And in the last couple of months, it's just been amazing. Are you looking for ways to implement ideas, get exposure to new ones, and be surrounded by people on the same journey as you? Joey, where can they go to do that? Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash community. You can join for free today. Now, okay, so I have a obvious question. You, you're working a full time job. You started a franchise where you're all, you're going in before and after that full time job, and you started a land flipping business, literally all at the same time. Yep, and you're having success in the land flipping business. Which, to be honest, if you've never heard us talk about land flipping or uh, you know you understand the process of it, it's it sounds a little heavy from a time perspective, especially in the early part. How, explain how you've been able to juggle that and then also like how many hours a week are you spending in the land business? 
Um, and I also forgot to mention I have a two-year-old daughter, so I had to juggle that in there too. <laughs> so apparently I need a lot of things going on to be successful. But um, so one of my secrets is I get up at 4.30 every day of the week. Doesn't matter if it's Sunday, Saturday, don't care. Um, so two days out of the week, I'm at the store putting away um, the order uh, just because it shows up really early and uh, I go and then I work on some stuff at the store. And then the rest of the days, I'm working on my land business for a couple hours. So basically, just two hours a day, five days a week is what I've been doing. Obviously, there's been a little more if I've had to. And at the beginning, it was more heavy because you had I had to build the website, do all that, which you can pay people to do, but I I could do it, so I did. And um, yeah, I mean, if you if you stop watching TV, stop going out with your friends you can find so many more hours in the week and I'm not saying completely stop hanging out with your friends. Just <laughs> you can find so many more hours in the week to be productive than uh, what the normal Americans doing. Like, I don't know. The average is three hours a day of TV. Take that three hours, put it into investing in yourself, working on something that will progress your life. And I mean, you can find time, wake up a little earlier. Well, I, I'm curious as obviously you and your wife and your friends are, it seems like very kind of entrepreneurial by nature because of the way that you guys have been taking action over the last three years. How, how is that? Have you seen a change in the discussions that you have in daily life? Like versus, you know, go back, you know, two, three years ago before you guys started the Jimmy John's to now, like the discussions when you guys sit around the table, are they different? And if so, how? Um, so, so my partner, um, we grew up together. He moved down in down the street. Um, when we were in third grade, we used to spend time drawing casinos and water parks that we were going to open when we were older. So both of our parents were entrepreneurs. So we always just knew we were going to start a business and just make a lot of money. We just knew that. Um, and you know, talking to my wife, her dad is also an entrepreneur, has his own business. So she's been on board this whole time. So our the three of us, the conversation hasn't changed except for now it's what else can we do with this money? But I had noticed that other people I did spend time with, those connections just weren't as good, I guess. Um, now that, you know, I got one buddy who, um, he calls me occasionally and he's still at the same job I was. And he's like, man, I sh should I take this other job? What should I do? And he's been asking that same question for eight years. And I'm just like, I'm not going to give you any more advice. I've told you, I've given you some stuff you could try to do. And I just don't want to have that same conversation. So it's definitely, I, I'd say I've surrounded myself more with like-minded people now mm. than I had back then. And that has helped further the conversation, you know, talking to you guys, knowing what this IBC concept is and how it can progress what I'm trying to do more. It's just amazing. All right. So that's an obvious question I wanted to, to ask your opinion. People are hearing your journey and they're like, wow, he's had all the success. He's kind of, you know, kind of taken off in these last two years. Why IBC? Like what, what does infinite banking have to do with um, your journey? With, yeah. With what you're doing so far and where you're headed. Yeah. So I originally got into it with the mindset of it's going to be my bank for my land business. So instead of me trying to go find an outside investor, or going to a bank for a loan, I'm going to have this pot of money that I can pull from 
and invest into my land business and have it making 500 to 800% while it's still making the same returns that it would be, you know, doing what it's doing. So it's working twice now and I don't have to apply for a loan and I hate filling out the paperwork. So that just, (laughs) (laughs) so it was specifically for funding my land business. But now that I've seen what it does, I want to obviously grow it and use it in other aspects of my life. So I I do like to kind of break out that because that's a lot of times we get the, you know, the real need to just start, right? I don't Mm -hmm. quite understand how it works. Everything I've read about it and started to see it, it seems to make sense, but it's still foreign, right? It's, It's life insurance. Why don't we use life insurance cash? That doesn't make sense. Like, You've never taken a loan against a life insurance policy. Most of the people have never even heard of anybody who's done that. So that process seems foreign. But you just said, now that I've figured it out, I I see how I need to grow it. Talk about the way that you have used it and why now what is expanding in your mind and the vision of it seems so much clearer than it probably did when you started. Yeah. So like I said, I just have been using it for my land business. And once I um, open up a, I plan on opening a policy on my wife here soon and then uh, get my daughters going as well. So once, you know, once those are going, it's just the possibilities are endless. If I want to move into short-term rentals, I'll have some money to put down for that. If I want to move into anything else, there's all sorts of, all sorts of stuff out there. There's plenty of ideas. So then I'll just have control over the money and I can use it to do something with. Well, and uh, and now you got more time because you're not working that full-time job anymore. So you're just constantly thinking of new things. To, uh, to I don't so I don't feel like I'm thinking as much. <laughs> well, and I, I love the fact that obviously you weren't um, scared to put in the effort. And I think that's a hard thing for, for us is sometimes life is busy and we think of adding other things to it. But you you made small steps in order to get back huge chunks of your life. So somebody would say, man, I don't like waking up early. 4.30? That seems crazy to me. Why would you do that? And you did that, you know, for a number of years, but then you just just left a full-time job. So how many hours of your life did you get back because of those two hours that you put in uh, uh, every day for five days over the last three to four years. Like, that's amazing. That's a part that I think is missed so often. What do you think um, it takes to be successful in the land business? If someone was listening to this and said, man, I, I've heard about this land business, but I don't know if I have the personality type that would be successful. What would you say are the things that are needed to be successful in the land business? Uh, well, I want to touch on a quote that you um about that thing he said earlier. So if you can do for the next three to five years what no one else is willing to do, then you can live for the rest of your life like no one else can. Mm. Something like that. I might have screwed it up, but so just put in the work early and it'll it'll pay off dividends way down the road. But as far as the land business, there's a couple key things that um, I feel like have helped immensely. The first one is just doing it. Just getting started is probably the biggest hurdle. You know, I when I first listened to Mark Podolsky's um, podcast, he was talking about all these great returns. And I was like, okay, I want to sign up. And then he was like, here's how I get them. I mail people. And I'm like, I'm not going to mail anybody. That's I hate that. No. So 
you know, I got over that hurdle and I've learned how to do it. It seemed like such a hard concept, but it really is the easiest thing ever. But so just starting and getting over the fear of just not being able to do it because you don't know what you don't know until you, you know, you're in the middle of it and you can learn as you go. You don't have to learn how to have an entire land business tomorrow. What you need to learn is what's going to get me further to that goal that I can implement right now. You just take it in small chunks. And so just being able to get over the hurdle of making the decision and taking action is probably the biggest key. And then the second would just be showing up every day. Just grit. Like, don't give up. Just like there's another quote I have on my wall right here. Success isn't owned, it's leased. And rent is due every day. So just just show up and put in the work and things will happen. That's so good. What would you say that you dislike the most about the land flipping business? <laughs> when I'm close to a number, um, a monthly number, and I have a default that puts me back more. <laughs> like, like I was so close to 5,000 and then I had a default and then I sold another one and now I'm close again. So we'll see what happens. But no, um, that'll come with the territory. Um, biggest thing I hate about it. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really hard to not love everything about it. It's the perfect business for what, for how I envision my life down the road. Like it's a laptop business lifestyle. I can be anywhere in the world. Um, great returns, not a huge investment up front. I, it just, it checks off pretty much all the boxes. I, it's crazy. And then eventually once you know, you can do it, you just have VAs running the whole thing. And you're, you know, if I wanted to, I could probably look at it an hour a week and it's still making money. So, so talk about that. Are, do you currently have um, some VAs in place that are helping you run certain aspects of the business? Yes. Uh, so my most important one would be my uh, intake manager. Um, he does a lot on the intake side, makes all the deeds, deals with all that. So that's a huge, that's like half the business right there is off my plate. So that frees up a lot of my time. And then I have, um, you know, Facebook posting and answering VAs, which is almost, you know, 25% of the other half of it. So I'm just, I had a sales assistant, but then when I left my job, I figured, you know, I could be that for the time being. And, um, and so, you know, once I'm back to where I think I could get that off my plate, which I don't, I love doing it. So I, I really don't want to get that off my plate anytime soon. So, but yeah, you can have this thing 98% automized or run by VAs and I mean, still do great at it. It's crazy. I, I love the, the term you you phrased there, laptop lifestyle, and that's a, a part where I think so few people can grasp the idea of being able to travel and do whatever they want to. Just have a laptop and be able to sit down a couple of hours out of the week and and see income and a business being run because a true business operates without you. Most people are self employed. They think they're business owners, but technically if they remove themselves from the business, the thing crashes fairly quickly. But you've built a business that operates without you. And kudos to you and your wife and your friends for for finding ways to do that. I, I do want to finish up by just kind of asking, yeah, what what is the goal? What is the goal not only with the, the franchise? What's the goal with the land flipping business? What, what do you see? You know, that entrepreneur lifestyle sometimes always has us 
thinking of new things. What are those, um, you know, three, five-year marks that you're putting in your head that you're striving for? Um, so my biggest thing now is we just had the opportunity to buy the building our Jimmy John's is in, which also has a Cold Stone Creamery ice cream in it. Um, so we're working on that right now. Um, it's going to go through hopefully here soon. And um, so I look at that as a 20-year extra retirement plan. You know, it's kind of like a house hack with commercial real estate. I'm paying the rent anyways, might as well pay myself. So <laughs> we're doing that. So with that um, being known, there's a 20-year timeline on that. Um, right now, my wife loves being in the business. I would love her to be home more with me. But um, so my goal is maybe to get a GM in there. Um, and then in, in 19 years, we're going to move to Puerto Rico where the income tax is 4%. We're going to sell all of it, <laughs> keep all our money, move back, and then just have the land business funding everything else. But so, yeah, it's a 20-year goal. There you go. All right. Well, uh, I, I'm excited to constantly uh, follow your story. I appreciate you coming on and sharing. Just, again, very simple. If you're listening to this, you're hearing Adam. Adam was driving, a, um, he, he said not a cool job, I, the manual labor part. But I mean, still driving a beer truck around like that, that has some intrigue to it. I'm sure there, there's some stories of people coming up to you um, throughout the years that you would share uh, maybe off air at some point it would be a, a, a fun time just to hear that the outtakes on that. But just taking the mindset of investing in yourself and Joey and I, we've talked about that forever. As you think about what the hierarchy of wealth should look like, where should be the first dollars we put our uh, we should invest, and they're not into someone else. <laughs> they're into ourselves. It's always the place that we have the most influence and control over with the least amount of risk. And you never go wrong by that. And, and just hearing Adam's story, Joey, he and his wife, they're friends. They said, we're going to invest in ourselves. They didn't even have like this amazing business plan put together. It was as simple as, I see a store that's next to where I work. It seems like it works. Let's go research that. Exactly. And, and it really... And even the land flipping, all of these ideas, none of them are good or bad. It's what they did and what made that happen. The investment they took in themselves and they're seeing the success because they've put in the work. Well, and I also see the compound effect of what you've done, Adam, is you, you took one step and it's led to multiple more opportunities. You said, I have the opportunity now to buy the, the building that we're in. Well, why is that? Like Russ and I were actually just talking about this before the show is most people don't think they have opportunities. It's because they never have had cash in a position where they could take advantage of them and opportunities find cash. But also you put yourself in a position to take advantage of these things because of your knowledge. You've grown your knowledge by investing in yourself taking steps into business ownership, which has led to other things. Anyways, I, I mean, I don't want to repeat the entire podcast here, but uh, those, are, those are some nuggets that if you're listening to this and you think, man, I don't know if I could do the same things, it's take action. It's take the first step and make that first step towards your own yourself, investing in yourself, and, uh, and you can see the same compound effect. Totally. Well, Adam, thank you again for, for being willing to share your story. This is a self a selfless uh, podcast on your end. We asked you to do it. We're thankful that you were just willing to share. There's no gain for you in this unless you're 
in, in in his area. Tell me the name of the town. I, I was about to say it. And I know I was going to mess it up. Montrose. Montrose. Okay. If you're in Montrose, Colorado, you need to stop by the Jimmy Johns. <laughs> Do that. Uh, that. That's how you give back to Adam. But if you're in the Lingate community, uh, you also can reach out to him. If you're in our community, reach out to him. Uh, tell him thank you for, for coming on because this is a, an awesome opportunity just for us to hear another story of someone taking action, finding opportunities because they put themselves in position. So um, thank you from all of us, Adam, for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been great. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you on the next one. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.